When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to ProBox TV Spotlight Interview. Look at who we have here. We've got an icon. I'm George Jakovic, along with Hall of Famer, trainer of champions, one of the greatest trainers in the history of the sport, Mr. Teddy Atlas. We are also joined by the champions, Pauli Malinaji and Chris Algieri. Teddy, we were talking off camera. We've got New York and New Jersey covered. I'm from Jersey. We've got Brooklyn. We've got Long Island. And we've got Staten Island in the house today. So, uh, Teddy, I want to thank I want to thank you for co- being here. Welcome to ProBox. You're, we're not only doing an interview with you, but you have joined the team. So we are very glad you're here. And uh, I had the privilege of of uh, working with you a few times when I was at HBO Sports. I interviewed you. Always enjoyed conversations with you. The first question I want to ask is, what made you choose this? Because I know people have asked you here and there to to join their platforms and to talk boxing. Uh, what was it about Pro Box TV that made you join the team? Good people, knowledgeable people, people that had a passion and have a passion for this sport and all about it, everything that's involved in it, uh, the fans, the fighters, the business of it, the survival of it, because boxing always needs people to um Look out for it, even though it's been around longer than any other sport there is, other than maybe marathons. But there are actually cave um, sketches and cave dwellings of 2,000 years ago where there's uh, depicted as people that were fighting. So this sport (laughs) goes back a damn long way. But like anything, it, um, it needs it needs help. It needs partnership. It needs people that care about it. You know, it needs people to water it, to put sun on it. And you guys are doing it. I figure I hope you do it a little bit. Maybe if I could help you do it a little bit. And I was talking to the champions before off the camera. And I was just saying that I get asked every once in a while to still come back, you know, to train fighters. And the main thing for me, obviously, it's got to be a fighter that, you know, is in a good place. I think I've earned that right after 50 years in a business, hopefully. But it's got to be a good person. It's got to be, I don't want to go to camp for two months and be dreading that I made that choice to go to camp for two months and be away from my grandkids and my kids and my wife. So um, it's, you know, some things are complicated, some things are simple. It's kind of simple for me. Uh, you know, be around people that are competent in what they do, good at what they do, care about what they do, passionate about what they do, but that are just decent human beings. 
And that's what I find with this group. I talked to a couple of years before. I said, yeah, I already knew Paulie and Chris, not just as fighters, but I, I knew them a little bit as people. Paulie comes from my charity foundation dinner. That's enough for me right there. You know, we do a big fundraise every November. We get a thousand people. We're blessed. We get all kinds of celebrities. And Paulie, Paulie's good enough to come. And, you know, for no reason other than to help us help people. And um, Chris, the two of them, I called their fights. I called some of their fights in their formative years on their way up on ESPN Friday Night Fights. So, um, and when you call the fights, you get to know them a little bit, obviously. You, you usually interview them. If you don't interview them, obviously just doing their fights, you you have to investigate their life a little bit and you get to be familiar with them, you know, in, in a way that um, allows you to feel that, you know, you, you just know what makes them tick a little bit. And and just watching a guy fight, Constamata, my mentor, I think he was the best in boxing, but everyone has their own opinions. But he used to say to me, show me how a guy fights, and I'll tell you everything about his personality. <laughs> I'll tell you everything about his temperament. <laughs> I, I'll tell you if he's an abrupt guy. I'll tell you if he's a thoughtful guy. I'll tell you if he's a smart guy. Uh, you know, I'll tell you if he's a rude guy. <laughs> I, I And you know what? I'll be damned because was right. So there it is. I, I see good things with uh, when I talk to uh, the, the head people, you were one of them uh, in, in the process where I was getting ready to come aboard. I, I asked you questions. She gave me the answers. I felt comfortable. I felt, again, like I was around people that I could feel good to be around. So that's it. Here we are. Hopefully, um, hopefully it'll be, you know, <laughs> it'll be more than a honeymoon. Chris, we got Teddy Atlas. Yeah, Teddy, I just want to say, I mean, for our, on behalf of all of us, you know, welcome to the team. We're, we're excited to have you. It's going to be great to have you contribute um, any way that you can with your wealth of knowledge and, and decades of experience in the sport that we all love. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. And um, it's just like I said, it's good being with you guys. You guys are keeping yourself in pretty good shape too. You and Paulie look good. <laughs> we we normally run together, him and I, in the mornings when we're uh, when we're on campus at the uh, at the Pro Box TV studios, and we go uh, we go for runs in the morning. It's good. Keeps us keeps us fresh. It helps. Yeah. And Teddy, man, it's gonna it's gonna be productive, man, because you always bring a a, a, a different mindset. Uh, a mindset that makes people think. You know, it's funny because I always say to people, when you get answers to your questions. Uh, you learn and then it creates more questions and you're the kind of guy who actually answers those other questions as well. You know, you, you, you know, you know, and have a deeper in-depth knowledge of the sport of boxing. You know, it's uh, it's funny because you never learn everything in, in life and you never in boxing. I think is one of those things, too, where you just keep can keep adding little little tidbits to your knowledge. And I think people uh, get a lot out of listening to somebody like you, uh, because, you know, you, like I said, you get the answers and then you need like you need you create other questions because of the answers, the new knowledge that you've got. And somebody like you uh, brings those answers to the table as well. You know, I remember learning a lot from you just from listening to you on uh, Friday Night Fights and, and bringing up things. Uh, you know, I remember as a young fighter, you when you were commentating my fights and you were mentioning the things I had to work on. And one of them was uh, that I was constantly an in-and-out fighter like the Tide. You know, you mentioned it like the Tide. You know, and you, you need, he said, you need usually need three, you, three, three types of defense. A good fighter needs at least two of them. He's going to go and make it up the ladder. And I remember thinking, man, I only got one. He's, he's right. You know, you I remember you mentioned uh, in it, uh, good legs could be one. 
a guard where your gloves could be the other and head movement could be the third. And I remember thinking, man, I'm only using my legs right now. I'm only in and out, you know, and you were making uh, and you were mentioning things like timing beats speed and all that other stuff. And I remember it kind of, you know, it had an effect on me, you know, because I remember thinking like, oh, I've got to go into the gym and I've got to I've got to add to this repertoire, you know, just, you know, you think you're beating up sparring partners and you think you've got it all made and you think you get, but, you know, you go up the ladder and somebody like you has seen all levels of the ladder. And I remember thinking things like, you know, you, so it's, 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 it's not just the fans at home that learn. I think it's also the fighters that learn uh, from you as well and just getting to listen to you. So I think, uh, I think you'll be a, a great uh, addition to the team and uh, yeah, it'll be more than a honeymoon, man, because I think people are going to have a lot of fun with this. Thank you, Paulie. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Appreciate those words. You know, I, um, you know, if you're going to do this, sometimes you, you try to be a gentleman, but, you know, with everything you do in life, hopefully. But, you know, you when you tell the truth or you, what you believe to be the truth, at least, and that's all you can do, uh, you sometimes it comes across critical. But even the critical can be constructively critical, you know, to 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 help someone. I, I was down in Atlantic City a few months ago. My son was helping one of the promoters down there in between his football responsibilities he's he's a scout in the nfl so uh, my son teddy so he was down there helping one of the promoters down there in lennox city so of course i went down there to support him to be with him and when when they saw i was down there they they put a camera on me and they're sitting there you know and afterwards the fighter that bought the main event came over to me it was it was quite a thing he he came he came over he fought the fight he won it was a tough fight but he won the fight. And, you know, you call, I mean, I've been with ESPN 27 years. So you call thousands of fights and you don't remember them all vividly. I mean, it's, it's just the truth, but you remember glimpses of it. If somebody brings it to your attention. So, and depending how far I go, he comes up to me and afterwards with his team, of course. And he says, Teddy, I've been waiting. He was a kid from Africa, so he had a he had a that that accent. And what a what a talk about the word gentleman. Um, and he comes over and he says, "I've been waiting for this moment for years." And I had no idea what he was talking about. And he said, "Years ago, I don't know, five years ago, whatever it was. Obviously, in his early stages, maybe it was somewhere around there." He says, "You call one of my fights." And you destroyed me. What an honest kid. He said, you destroyed me. He said, but you told the truth. He said, I was so devastated. He said, I went back. I went back and I watched the fight again and again and again. And everything that you said, I finally said, you know what? It hurts, but there's truth there. And I went into the gym and I worked on it. And I made a promise to myself. I'm going to come back. I'm going to fight a main event on television. And Teddy Atlas is going to be there. And I'm going to go up to you and say, thank you. Now, he could have said, I'm going to say, you know, a word that ain't so nice. <laughs> you know, that is too common in our society. Too quick to say sometimes. It starts with an F and it ends with a U. Um, he, you know, he, we, he could have easily said that, 
lot of people have that attitude. But no, he said, he was so gracious. He said, thank you. Thank you for helping me get here. Thank you for that. Thank you for being honest with me. And he gave me a hug. I gave him a hug. I said, thank you. Thank you for reminding us how, and reminding me of how many people out there that just need a little guidance. They, they need another opportunity. And most of all, they just need to have belief in themselves. And you, you were strong enough to find that. You were strong enough to find that, to, to get through what you were going through. Obviously, you were going through a difficult stage off of that loss. And you, you had the honesty the truth inside yourself to, to, you know, we use that saying, look in the mirror, but nobody knows what the figure means. They just say, look in the mirror. And, but you to look in the mirror and see what not everybody likes to see. I said, just thank you for being you. Thank you for really making the world a little better, <laughs> making the world a little better in your own little way, in your own little way. That, that you didn't make excuses. You know, there's too many excuses out there today. There are. Well, I'm not going to get into that platform, but there's just too many, too many. And you said, no, I'm not going to grab the excuse. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to grab and look for the truth. And you did it the old-fashioned way. And you just remind us that that's still the way to get success. And, you know, I, I, um, I couldn't have felt more, I just, I couldn't have felt just more humbled by him or more, at the same time, grateful to him that he was this person, that the world has those kind of people in it. And sometimes with all the craziness going on in this world, I know I forget, I forget sometimes that there's people like that out there. And you know, I think, oh, gee, you got too many people that are just, you know, they make themselves into victims and they, they blame everybody else and they nobody will be accountable. And then I meet a guy like this and he said, no, Teddy, stop it. <laughs> stop thinking that way because there's more of this than there is of that. So anyway, I appreciate your words. I appreciate you. I appreciate all you guys. I appreciate the sport, you know. Um, that I've been in for most of my life. A sport that, you know, really, somebody once asked me, they said, for Teddy Atlas, it was a, it was a, so many years ago, but they said, for Teddy Atlas, for whatever it means, what does boxing represent? And I was like, what does it represent? Well, yeah, what does it represent? It could represent, you know, making a living. It could represent this. What does it represent? I said, you know what? It represents an opportunity in life that no matter where you came from, no matter who your parents were, no matter what your creed, no matter what your religion, what your ethnicity, any of that, you know, how you didn't have anything, you know, how bad life may have treated you or you felt it treated you, all of that, that if you're determined enough, if you care enough, you work hard enough, you're tough enough, 
on one given night, you can get in that ring and you can make life fair. <laughs> That's it. Because you hear that saying all the time, life's not fair, life's not fair, you know. And there it is. You can, and the guy looked at me and said, wow. Really? I said, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you can get in there and you can be called champion of the world and make life fair. So we're going to we're going to we're going to have some fun here, I think. Um, yeah. You know, making life fair. <laughs> well, you know, we, we get the truth when we when we talk to you and when people hear from you. Here's some more truth. We are so glad, Teddy Atlas, that you are on board. There is a lot of great things happening here at ProBox TV. Let's take a look. ProBox TV is your boxing channel. There's nothing else like this in boxing. We are a 24-7 boxing streaming network dedicated only to the sweet science. We provide boxing fans daily news, delivered in print and in a never-before-seen video format from our state-of-the-art studios in Florida. Along with daily talk shows every weekday, we also produce our own fights with our Wednesday night fight series, where we invite the best fighters who didn't make the cut for Showtime, ESPN, or DAZN and want to prove they belong in the big ring. But there's a catch. They have to fight each other. No easy wins. That's right. 50-50 matchups, as we like to say, good fighters in great fights. Three events per month, 40 per year. Now we aren't a promoter. We don't promote boxers. We don't compete with the championship networks. We cover and promote them all. We believe boxing should act as one and avoid being fragmented. We represent the fans and what they want. We promote boxing. We are your boxing channel. We are ProBox TV. Exciting times for ProBox TV. We're joined by the Hall of Famer, the icon, the trainer. He's a philosopher, Teddy Atlas. Teddy, you, you brought up um, your foundation, the Dr. Theodore Atlas Foundation, and that probably goes to it. Um, I know you founded that back in 1997, and I, I know it's something very dear to your heart. Can you tell me what the foundation is and why you founded it? Yeah, in a nutshell, um, and I don't do nothing in a nutshell. I don't know why you even said that. <laughs> I do it more than a It's a big nutshell. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a large, it's a large seesaw show um, that, that you just have a turtle in it. Um, I, my father was a doctor. Um, he, he always wanted me to be a lawyer. Everybody was shocked. They were like, why do you want him to be a lawyer? Why wouldn't you want him to be a doctor? He said, because I want him to make money. And that tells you right there about my father. It wasn't about money. It was about people. <laughs> he founded two hospitals uh, for one reason. One of them had 20 beds in it. Uh, and he founded them. And then the other one became a bigger one. But he founded them so that all people... This was before HMOs, before things called Obamacare, any of that stuff. He, if you didn't have a doctor that was around to take care of you, you had a clinic. And a lot of the clinics, quite frankly, were just not the best healthcare. 
and, and, and especially in tough neighborhoods, the neighborhoods where my father was. So he built these hospitals, the first one, so people, all people that couldn't afford it, didn't matter, wherever you came from, from the cracks of life, could get proper health care, or proper hospital care. So he, his hospital lasted for, the first one lasted 23 years. And then the city decided to put up something um, to make sure that Paulie could get to Staten Island quicker. It was called the Verrazano Bridge, all right? And, you know, the, Paulie was asking, you know, and, and his people were saying, it's kind of hard to get to Staten Island. You got to take a ferry boat. So could you put a bridge up? Well, Paulie had a lot of sway. And, yeah, next thing you know, <laughs> damn, you got the Verrazano Bridge. And where the hospital was was where the highway for the bridge was going to be. So they had to tear it down. They bought the hospital for my father. And he went and founded another hospital. And this one lasted 30 years. And that hospital was 60 other doctors. So it was a big hospital. I just figured not only did he do that, he practiced medicine until he was 55. And you got a better deal than McDonald's. You went in there, you had five kids with you, and he gave you medicine, he took care of you, everything. And he might charge you $5 because he understood what he was dealing with. He was dealing with people. I remember one time he, he uh, took care of a whole family and then he gave him free medicine on the way out. And I was a kid. The only way I could hang out with him was go to on house calls. Yeah, he did house calls <laughs> or go to the office. It's the only way I could be around him. He was, I didn't know what a hero was. I used to love Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle and Muhammad Ali, quite frankly. Um, but they were my hero. I, I, I didn't know how to define that. I didn't, I really didn't. But if there, if I did, it would have been my father without, without knowing that it was. So I would see him and after taking care of an entire family, he'd be given a free medication that he got from, you know, the, the, the people that came to his office because he had the biggest practice in Staten Island and they, the, the, the medical supply people come there and try to get him to buy. So they give him samples. He would take all their samples so he could give them to his patients. So he's giving them this free medicine. I'm saying to myself, and I'm just a kid. I'm like 10 years old. I'm saying, you just took care of them for basically free. Now you're giving them free medicine. Why not just, you know, other people get these things called prescriptions. He said, because I know that they can't afford to fill the prescription. So what would be the sense of giving them that? It would, and basically he didn't, he wasn't a big talker. So basically he was saying, do less of this talking and do more of doing. Because he was saying, because if you give them a prescription, you know damn well they can't afford to fill it. He didn't have to say that, but that's what he was saying. So, you know, by seeing him live his life, and this cousin used to say to me, we learn a lot through osmosis. I didn't know what that was either, but he said we absorb things. And you don't even know you're learning. You don't even know you're being influenced. All of you have been influenced in those ways. I know that. Of course, that's life. So then I would go on house calls with him. And he did house calls till he was 80 years old mm -hmm. for people that could not get to an emergency room. They just couldn't. They couldn't get out. They lived in the projects. They, lived, they couldn't get out. 
So he went there and he took care of them. And there was one day, again, I'm a young kid, and we're driving up, and I never went into the house. And I understood why. He never explained to me, but I knew why. As I got older, I knew. It wasn't professional. You don't bring your kid into the house to do a house call. So we're pulling up, getting ready, stop the car, and it was cold out. And he would leave during the cold night. He would leave the key in the car and say, look, if it gets cold enough, start it. <laughs> I never started the car. I never knew if it was cold enough. That, that's how I looked at my father. Like, I, I don't know. Is it cold enough? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we should go a little longer. So he'd be in the house called usually a half hour, sometimes a little more. And as he's going in, I noticed on this one, that we had been here a week before, which is very unusual, beyond unusual. Never happens. Why are we here again? So I say to him, this person must be very sick, huh? Dad, he says, actually, no. She's pretty healthy for her age. It was an old lady, and she's standing outside. She couldn't wait to see the doctor. She's standing outside, and it's cold. And I said, well, then what? If she's not that sick, why are we here? And why am I about to freeze my you-know-what off? You know, I, I didn't really articulate to think that. But, like, why are we here? And he real quickly, he's opening up the back door to get his doctor's bed. He carried a real doctor's bed, this big. Big, black doctor's bed. Not one of these purses. Big, real doctor bag with stuff in it. Stuff that you needed to get better. And he opens up, he grabs the bag, and and as he before the door closed, I go, then why are we here? That what what's wrong with? He says, She's lonely. And loneliness is a sickness. Shuts the door. Mm-hmm. And comes back half hour later, I said, So what did you what did you do for? Like what what do you do when someone's lonely? She said, I he says, I listen to her. And he had a sense of humor. He didn't talk much, but he had a sense of humor. And and he could make fun of himself very easily. And he said, uh, I, I, just let her, I let her tell me what a great doctor I am. <laughs> and, and I just said, it stuck with me. So when he died, I said, you know what? A man who lived a life like that, even if it wasn't my father, and I knew these things, I think he should be remembered. And what better way to remember... <laughs> then it's a startup foundation that does house calls, that helps people, that helps the people that fall through the cracks. So that's what we do. So the whether it's putting a, a handicap ramp up, whether it's, whether it's uh, quite frankly, paying for small surgeries sometimes, that doctors out there, you know, there's doctors out there that do not take insurance. They actually, they for specialized surgery, they don't take insurance. It's cash only. So... Every once in a while, we'll get somebody that'll come to us with a child that need a very specified surgery that is not handled by insurance. Obviously, they can't afford Small surgery, we'll take care of it. We're not the March of Dimes. We're not Muscular District. We're not the Red Cross. But we're big enough to do those things. And so whether it's that, whether it's sometimes paying for chemotherapy for a kid, where, believe it or not, the particular drug is not 
uh, covered by the insurance, and they need that. Or whether it's paying for a single mom, and it's in my head right now because we just did it, a single mom who had a kid who had cancer, the surgery costs $200,000. Thank God the insurance covered it. But you know what it didn't cover? As crazy as this is going to sound in this great country, it didn't cover the $1,200 a month cancer medication that the kid had to take for the next year. So we fill in, again, people that fall through the cracks, whatever. And then what whatever is needed. I remember years ago, there was a grandmother wrote us a letter from Bed-Stuy. She needed a refrigerator. You want to hear a real quick funny story? The, the guy I had working for me at the time, because... I didn't pay no salaries <laughs> because I wanted all the money. I wanted all the money to go to the cases. Now we've developed, we've grown. We have one paid employee, one. And we have an office that's a small office. And I always keep the landlord in check by telling him I'll get him fight tickets. Keep the rent down. <laughs> keep the rent. Hey, you remember the, the, the Paul is going to remember this. Uh, the Godfather movie where the guy and the dog stays. The rent stays the same. And 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 the dog stays. I'm not. I'm the not. Rent stayed the same. Yeah, that's it. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> I don't. And the, and the rent stays the same. Oh, Teddy, it's yes, it stays. It stays the same. So we. We go and we have the going into it took me off my frame of thought um, where I was going to tell the I was going to tell the story about um what what the heck was I saying um, the fridge at Bed Stuy oh yeah so the so the the lady sends us a letter and at that time. I had a lawyer working for me pro bono and in between all his stuff that he had to do, he's a partner in a firm in between all that, I got him running around doing errands for the foundation. Right? So I had given him this errand. I said, you got to get a refrigerator audit and to her first thing Monday. All right, Teddy, I got a case coming up. I don't care about it. That's your thing. You took the responsibility to help here. You get that refrigerator too, okay? All, all right, Teddy. All right. All right. The next day goes by, comes by, and I didn't hear nothing. And I'm a little upset. I think, oh, he didn't do it. So I call up the law firm, and the secretary, very nice lady, says, um, hi, Miss Atlas. Um, you know, he's um, he's not here. John's um, John's not here right now. I said he's not there, and right away I jumped conclusion. I said he he's not he's he didn't take care of it. He's not there. All right, tell him when he gets there to call me. And I I was probably being not so nice, which I'm I'm sorry for, but tell him to call me when he gets in. Uh, where is he? You know, I don't know why he said, well, he's at Topps uh, ordering refrigerator. I said, all right, never mind. Uh, forget about call me. He don't have to call me. Tell him I love him and um, have a good day. All right? And and that's the foundation. That's how we, and then we grew, we grew, we grew. And we do social programs too. We go into at-risk schools 
In New York City, an at-risk school is identified this way. Title I school, they call it, where families are making less than 35000 a year. Okay? So you're talking about poverty. You're talking about problems. And, and again, the elephant in the room. I'm not afraid to say it. A lot of people are afraid to say it. I'm not. No fathers. You didn't hear me clearly? i say it again. No fathers. Not enough fathers. Now, listen. There's great mothers, grandmothers, people that, that raise great families. Our, our country is full of a history of great mothers, strong mothers, grandmothers, aunts, whatever, that, that have raised the greatest kids in the world. Successful kids have done it. But sometimes a kid needs a father. And one of our problems in society today, I'm out there. I see it. Not enough, in many cases, enough fathers. And so what we do is we go in, we call it the Dr. Atlas Incentive Program. We go into these schools and we get right to it. And Paulie and Chris know that these kids are smart. They're sharp. They don't give a damn about classes sometimes, but they know life. They got an A in life. They, they You can't fool them. They're, they're used to people BSing them. They see it every day. They see the con game every day. So I don't get through a lot. I just come right. All right, you give me some, I give some of you. And they're like, all right. <laughs> this guy sounds a little different. All right. All right, this is what it is. This is what, this is what you got to do. You start caring about who you are. You guys don't care who you are. I know you don't. But you start caring about who you are, about how you even walk down a hallway, how you dress, how you talk to people, how you act in class. How you treat people, you start caring about that every day for the next semester, two months, whatever. You start caring about that. Take ownership. Just take ownership over who you are and care about it. I'm going to come back and drop off 200 tickets to a Yankee game, to a Mets game, to a Knicks game, to a Nets game, whatever the season is. Bang. And your teachers get to put you on the list. You get on that list, you go. You don't get on the list, eh, you ain't going. And and I'm going to supply the buses too. All right? See you later. And you know what? It helps. The teachers, the principals they say, yeah. It, because you're given, that's what boxing does. See, Pablo, what does boxing do? It gives you a reason. It gives a lot of these kids something to to know that they're they can feel good about, that they can take pride in, that they can feel good about. They didn't feel good about nothing in their life. Now they can feel good. They can know they can depend on themselves. They can know they can trust themselves. They can know they could like themselves. That's what freaking boxing does. Self-esteem. Self-esteem. And that's it. And and so we I I kind of I use that. And so we go and it makes, like I said, it makes a difference, and then what we're doing the last year since COVID, whatever, we've gotten to another thing. We go and bring mental health programs into these difficult neighborhoods, tough neighborhoods, where we're bringing therapists. We even bring a mobile unit. We bring um, it's a mobile van. We bring therapists. We bring psychiatrists, psychologists. We bring, uh, you know, uh, drug addiction people to talk about, you know, drugs and not doing drugs and 
about the addictions. We we bring, I hate to even say it, but we bring anti-suicide people in there. We got 10-year-old kids killing themselves, hanging themselves in some of these neighborhoods. I got them in my, my foundation dinner where, where the mother comes and, and we're helping the mother who just lost a 10-year-old kid who, who killed themselves because they were being bullied. And that's another thing we bring in about the anti-bullying, which is horrible. So we will go into these schools, bring these resources, bring these tools to these people that, again, for them, they fell through the cracks. And, and I wish we could help more, but we help as much as we can. And the other thing I take a little pride in, I take pride in two things. Very, very, very little administrative costs. One paid employee. And, um, and of course, you know, the, the landlord who uh, keeps the rent the same. And then I take pride that I always said when we started this, we're going to be like my father. My father got a call. He got in a car. He went to the house call. He didn't make the people say, oh, go to the emergency room. And you got to wait eight hours. And they already in bad enough shape physically and maybe emotionally going through whatever they're going through. So I made a promise to myself. We're going to act on these cases immediately. We're going to verify it. And we're not going to make these people lose more than they've lost already. We're not going to make them lose their pride. The word that Paulie said, self-esteem. We're not going to make them lose their dignity. We're, we're not going to say, oh, you got to fill out a pile that's 10 feet high and, and you got to wait a month and we'll get back to you. No, we're going to verify it. We're going to get to you right away and get the help that you need. So, and we're blessed. We're blessed by people like Paulie, by by that come and help us raise money, uh, whether it's Tracy Morgan, whether it's Chris Mad Dog Russo, my, my brothers over at the ESPN from years, Stephen A. Smith, you know, uh, Max Kellerman, uh, whether it's Phil Sims, Bill Parcells, George Foreman, God bless them, whoever. We're blessed that these people take the time and come and help us help people. So thank you for giving me a, you know, a chance I talked about it uh, maybe a minute longer than you expected me to. <laughs> but, but like I said, I don't do anything in a nutshell. I, I do it. That that turtle case that I do it in, that's a large turtle. It's, I think they're called tortoises. Um, they're very large. And look, and... And we're, we're, we're lucky. We're, we're lucky to be able to listen to these stories, Teddy. We're going to we're going to wrap it up. You know what? Let me get let me get a three shot, Bruno. Let, let me see our champions and Teddy on screen really quick. This is the reason why you need to join ProBox. You have champions. You have Chris Algeri, you have Pauli Malinaji, and you have a Hall of Famer and icon in Teddy Atlas. This right here is the commercial for ProBox. This is what ProBox brings boxing fans. Teddy. Thank you so much. Guys, we get to talk to Teddy all the time. I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to thank you, Teddy. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Paulie. Remember, ProBox TV is your boxing channel.